<laughs> Lord Chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, nature of the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. But it's the Italians who will restart. This is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go! Hello, and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast for one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. Daz is still somewhere out there in the quantum realm, although he has sent back a carrier pigeon with his predictions for this week, so we'll hear from him a little later. But in a week when a true legend celebrated his birthday, skilled football pundit, funny personality and generous within the community. So from the Emo Chips pod, happy birthday to Alan Shearer. Oh, and of course, Jamie as well. Many happy birthday, James, mate. Was it actually Alan Shearer's birthday this week? Yes, it was. Was it really? Yeah, it was. Not on the same day as you, a bit later. Now you see, the reason that it wasn't on the same day as me is I'm going to shout out here, he's caused us a lot of uh, uh, antagonism on this podcast, but I share. <laughs> I found out this week I share a birthday with our uh, question poser, Mr Simon Cook, so as I said to him, it's uh, happy all legends are born on the 15th of August day. Yeah, whatever. Did you enjoy your birthday though? Obviously you went to the match, which was great, we'll talk about later. Uh, I did, yeah, it was alright, I was in work all day to be fair, um, went to the fat ball for a absolutely banging burger and pint sorry two pints nice. of Wrexham lager nice uh and then the match which was which was great yeah uh, yeah all good lovely so so Jamie James McLean and Jordan Davis were missing on Tuesday night Paul Mullin obviously is out for another potential six weeks plus Aaron Hayden Jordan Turnercliffe Rob Layton still not featuring are Wrexham already in an injury crisis only two weeks into the season do you think uh, well, I tell you what, if we are, I know a man who can uh, fill the gap. So a little story for you. I've just not long come back from the gym and I happened to bump into a certain Mr. Phil Parkinson. No. Uh, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I nearly fell off the treadmill because I walked into the gym, head down in my phone, sorting out music, got on the treadmill, started it off, and I didn't even pay attention to this person that was one treadmill away from me going hell for leather like Forrest Gump on the thing he was. Um, and it was only when I looked over my shoulder that I realised it was Parky. I've seen him in the gym before and, and chatted to him a couple of times, but I, I try not to bother him because, you know, it's in the day he's there working out. He doesn't want people to be... But then uh, after he'd finished and I was moving on to another piece of equipment, he was sitting catching his breath. And I, uh, I said to him, I said, I think you need some of James Jones's energy because he, uh, he was panting away, bless him. But um, yeah, I tell you what, he could probably still do a job for us, I tell you. Um, yeah, but to answer your question, I, I don't know. I don't think we're in an injury crisis. It's, I think it's just unfortunate, isn't it? And I think this is where having a deep and uh, quality squad is is going to come to to the forefront. Uh, I mean, you, you know, the transfer window is still open, so that is something that that you know is is still an option if they feel they need to. But uh, as we've talked about before, that it's not as easy as just saying, "Oh, go and get this, go and get that," because you, you've got to balance the numbers. Um, so. Uh, I'm not overly concerned. I mean, it's disappointing, disappointing for Jordan Davis in particular because you know he he had his injury troubles last year and, and put in some good performances this year. Uh, obviously, disappointed for James McLean because you know first game and to be out for a month is 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 is, is a bit crap. Um, you know Hayden. I think we're all desperate to see Hayden back. Uh, and, and obviously, Christ, um, if I could if I could give him a lung, I'd give him a lung to get Mullin back. <laughs> 
Wrexham's first away game of the season was at the Cherry Red Record Stadium to take on AFC Wimbledon last Saturday. Starting lineup for Wrexham was Foster in goal, O'Connell, Tozer and Boyle at the back, Barnett and Mendy on the wings, O'Connor, Cannon and a debut for James McLean in midfield, and Lee and Palmer up front. In what was a closely fought game, little really happened until 22 minutes, when Jacob Mendy picked out Lee, who shot a deflected ball into the net for Wrexham 1, Wimbledon 0. Tom O'Connor was denied a second with a fantastic save from the Wimbledon keeper, keeping the score at 1-0 at half-time. In a game that developed some questionable refereeing decisions, Wimbledon were awarded a penalty on 66 minutes for a push on Omar Bogil in the box. Ali Alhamdi took a penalty which was saved by Foster to his right to keep the goal out. Wrexham continued to press with Elliot Lee just missing a fizzing cross from Jacob Mendy to put the ball in the net. However, a second penalty was awarded when Owen O'Connell was judged to have brought down Harry Pell in the box. This one was more obvious than the first penalty. Tilly this time scored the penalty of AFC Wimbledon 1, Wrexham 1. After this second penalty, subs on 83rd minute, Ford, Young and Dolby were brought on for Barnett, Cannon and Palmer. And on 89 minutes, Jordan Davis came on for Jacob Mendy. In extra time, San Dolby missed a pretty much an open opportunity from three yards out, and Wrexham continued to pile on the pressure, but eventually the game finished one all in front of 8,584 fans. Jamie, a tough away match this one for the first of the season. What did you make of the performance? Um, it, it was uh, average. I think is, is is fair, isn't it? I think I think you, you could probably use that word for 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 the season to date. I, I, I would say um, it was still an interesting. You know, it was still a good game. Um, you know, I think despite the fact we've not been at our best, I think all the games we have played so far have been interesting in their in their own way. Um, I mean, there, there were a lot of takeaways from 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 that game. I think. First and foremost, I think the one thing that I call out is is just a little hats off to the crowd. Um, you know, I thought our away following was immense. You, yep. you know, I was um, uh, I, w- I was working, so I, I wasn't able to watch. And obviously, legally, can't do that anyway. Watch it live. Um, but uh, I, so I watched it back in full on on Sunday, uh, and and I I said to to the missus as as we were watching it from start to finish they were they were mega so you know hats off to the to the to the to the travelling crowd that went um but then yeah on, on the pitch uh, yeah there were a lot there were lots of takeaways from it i think the lineup first of all was was um was was interesting uh, not so much the personnel um although you could debate yeah every 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 team that's picked for every game you could debate it couldn't you and we and we you see them on twitter all the time and i i have a go as well where you put your predicted lineup and i don't think i've ever seen anybody get one right yet to be honest um but it, it wasn't so much the personnel it was more the formation because it, it for the first time in in you know a long time i can remember he kind of deviated from his usual uh you know his three five two which is 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 in some way that did it work possibly not um, was it nice to see something different? Absolutely, because I think we do need to be able to uh, adapt to different situations. I mean, I think that was the case in the National League, but we were so dominant in most of those games, we often didn't need to. But I think when in, in the Football League, I think we're going to come across more games more frequently and more teams more frequently where we'll need to adapt and we'll need to have something up our sleeve to try something different. So it was it was good to see 
uh, a different formation. I, I, I would have loved, I would have loved to have, uh, have asked him in the gym today just to give me an overview of how he how he would describe that formation. The way it looked to me was was this sort of new, newer style box formation in the midfield. It was it was it was a bit strange in the sense that they had McLean on sort of on the right hand side of, of of the front of the box, if that makes sense. Um, and then obviously Lee Lee next to it because you know McLean being a left footer, I, I would have thought it would have been the other way around, but it it was like I say it was okay it was okay to see something different um I think McLean definitely came into the game more when he when he moved out onto the left when Mendy went off um you know that little spell he had he was he was far more threatening mm. there than he was playing uh in, in that in that little box um of, of the midfield there um and to be fair I'm not surprised he's 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 out because I uh, I remember watching that tackle that block tackle and Jesus it then wasn't half a cruncher, um, but I think hopefully that was a little taster of what we've got to come from him. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was it was okay it, it, it was okay. I think we had to absorb uh, you know we had to absorb a lot of pressure in that first ten minutes, um, which again I think that's something we're going to have to get used to now. I think you know teams are going to come at us whether it's home or away. I think teams are going to come at us, uh, so we, you know absorbing pressure is going to be a key thing. Um, Elliot Lee cannot take corners. That's another <laughs> thing I noted down. <laughs> I guess I'll reiterate it again. The man is, you know, I love the guy to bits, and what he can do on a football field is great. But he cannot take corners. There has to be somebody better on the pitch. If Luke Young, if Luke Young is not on the pitch, there has to be somebody else that can take a bloody corner because he can't. Um, uh, you know, Mendy. I thought Mendy had a solid, uh, certainly solid first half. Uh, I don't quite buy into. I mean, there was a lot, when I was uh, following the game. Uh, sorry, I mean when I was working on Saturday afternoon, and, uh, <laughs> when I was following the game uh, on Saturday afternoon on like social media and stuff. A lot of people were raving about Mendy, and and I thought he, he I thought he was he was good, he was okay, um, and and I think certainly for the for the for the goal, uh, you know he he did some good work getting to that down the line and to to the byline, but it was a bit of a scuffed cross into in Lee. To be fair, um, I think that the the, the you know he's he's probably been one of our standout players so far. And that's you know of the season so far, and that's in a in a pool of of players that there hasn't really been you know many standouts. So you know fair fair play to him because you know it's all about improving, isn't it? And obviously for him it's a big step because you know this is his first time in the, in the football league, so it's, it is a big step. So it's nice to see him progressing, and that's all you can ask. Um, what else was there? Uh, the defense. I, I to be honest with you, I obviously after the first two games. Um, and the defence being a little bit all over the place. Uh, obviously, that first game we had O'Connor in um, playing centre back again, and then for the Wigan game, uh, Max Clerth came in. Um, so it was great to see uh, Boyle play, and and I like I like the look of him. You know, in the two games he's played this week, I like the look of him. There seemed to have been a, a bit of stability there. Suddenly, they actually looked like they were actually communicating with each other. Whereas, as you say, in the first game, it would look like headless chickens just you know chasing a chasing an egg. To be brutally honest, whereas whereas now you can see they're now starting to get into some kind of rhythm and get some kind of communication. That's how I felt watching it anyway. I agree. Um, I, I still, I st- I'm still not um, overly confident at the moment defensively. Now, whether that's just because we've 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 leaked in as many goals as we have, I, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I think. 
looking at looking at Saturday against Wimbledon in isolation, I think you know toes is that linchpin. Although I would say, and I think I don't think um, I don't think anyone would probably disagree with me when I say I don't think he's been at his best yet this year at all. He's made you know he has made a few mistakes. He's given the ball away more than he normally would, but he is the linchpin there, isn't he? And and and, and hopefully it's just it's, this is just a. Um, a fitness thing, you know, getting the fitness levels up and 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 the the speed of the game up, and and it'll come. But um, I think it, I definitely like the look of it more with with Boyle there. He's he looks like he's going to be a great addition. Um, very similar to Tunnicliffe in many ways. Very no nonsense. You know, he he he, uh, he you know he'll put his foot in, he'll put his head in, he'll put whatever you want him to put in. I get the feeling um, when he needs to. You know, he's very no nonsense. He's very. Um, you know he he's not he's not flamboyant in any way. He knows you know he knows what he's doing, which is to defend. Would you say then that when when Tunnicliffe is fully fit, he still keeps his place, or would you say that Tunnicliffe is a, is better in that position? That's going to be a tough one, that isn't it? You know, I think if 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 you get to a stage where they're both fit, that's going to be a tough decision for Parky if if Boyle carries on the way he is. Because for, for me, if 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 you're looking at our centre back options that we've got. Um, as much as 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 I I like or, or all of them, all fit all fit and all things considered, my uh, I would probably be looking at Tunnicliffe, but that's why we brought Boyle in, isn't it, for, for competition, for places and to cover you know for for injuries. And at the end of the day, if he stays in the team, you know this is now Tunnicliffe's challenge, isn't it? You know if he's got to get himself fit first and foremost, and then that's his challenge. He, he can't expect, you know, no, with, without being disrespectful, he's not Paul Mullin. Mullen's going to walk back into the team when he's fit, isn't he? That's a given. Mm. I don't think that's the case with Tunnicliffe. Now, the challenge now is there for him to get fit, to get match fit, and then to, to, to put pressure on to get his place back in the team. And that's what you want. You want healthy competition. Um, but yeah, I think so far what I've seen of Boyle, I, I like. Um, and then on the other side, O'Connell, it's, it's an interesting one, O'Connell. I, I, I thought this week, the two games this week, I thought we were a bit Jekyll and Hyde. I thought on Saturday for big parts of the game, I thought he was he was brilliant, particularly in the first half. I thought he was really good. Um, second half, not not as assured, and then he was a bit all over the place on Tuesday night. Um, so I I don't I don't know what it is, um, but but I'm not like I say I'm not overly confident. I feel better with with those three than I did with the the three that we saw on either of the first two games, but I'm still not. Uh, f- fully confident, and the fact we've leaked in eight goals. Which, okay, we're the, we're the highest scorers in the league with eight, but we're also the highest conceders with eight, and that can't carry on. I, d- I don't, I don't think my heart can cope with a season of <laughs> we're going to score one more than you <laughs> scenario. Because you know we 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 need we need to shore it up, don't we? You know we need to be able to 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 to, to stop leaking in goals. Um, so I don't know. I I still think we miss Hayden as much as I I rate O'Connell as a player. For me, if Hayden's fit, he's got to be in the team. I think what he offers, what he offers you, defensively and offensively as well. I think we're massively missing him offensively. You know, I don't think we look. I know, you know, we've, we've, you know, Boyle scored on Tuesday from a, from a uh, from a set piece, but we don't look anywhere near as threatening from toes as throws and from corners if somebody other than Elliot Lee takes them um, without Hayden in the team. So, so for me, he he, he he's there, but. I don't know how far away he is, um, but I think you know the, the 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 major positives I think that you take from that Wimbledon game is, uh, and I think probably I'll say the same about the Warsaw game is I think that this flashes 
are starting to appear. Flashes of quality are starting to appear. There were spells in that game where we were we were good. Last ten minutes, we were you know we, we were proper putting them under the cosh. And as you you said in your intro, um, Sam Dolby with a head like an oxo cube. How he missed that, I don't know. <laughs> um, even you just scored that, and that's saying something. Yeah, it would have just bounced off me though. To be fair, I'm so big, so it doesn't matter. Does it? <laughs> um, I, I yeah, but like I say, I think you can criticise and, and be critical of the performance as much as you want and say, oh, we shouldn't have done this, we should have done that, we, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. But I suppose you've got, to isolate, you know, you've got to concentrate on the positives as well. And there were flashes of positives in that game. Um, I just think we're, we're, we're still, we're still getting us, we're still getting up to speed. I, I see, see in a lot of players, they still look a bit short minutes. They still look a bit short of sharpness. I think some of them are a little bit, um, uh, are not up to speed with with the pace of the league, and and I think that you know they they giving the ball away in key positions because I think they've got a bit more time on the ball than they think they have, or they think they've got more time on the ball than they actually have. Um, a lot of what I'm seeing at the minute is not a quality thing; it, it's 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 just a, a sharpness and, and a fitness thing, and I think that will come. Um, I think the only other sort of notable comments from the game are those two the two penalties. Um, well, we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, first of all. After questioning Foster last week in goal, uh, a bit of time, time for a bit of humble pie from you. I mean, generally, how, how do you think Foster's performed in goal so far for his first, well, so three games, obviously. Sorry, that was the line went awfully bad there. I didn't hear what you said. Uh, something about, something about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, no, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not eating humble pie um, because I, I reiterate what I said last week. It, it was more. Um, it was more a, a, an open-ended question. I find it a bit fast. I find it quite fascinating, and I'm not the only one that said it. Um, I think that, you know I, there are other fans that um, you know some some that I was chatting to on Tuesday night who, who were chatting to me about what I'd said about Foster and, and 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 agreed and said that they can see that you know there is that that concern of getting uh, caught up in the romance of it. I think uh, a massive improvement um, from. I think both games this week were a massive improvement from the MK Dons game on the first game. I, I can only put that down to, you know, tiredness, jet lag, whatever it was. Him still holding a bag of duty free, by the Yeah, po- po- possibly. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I, I, I do ha- still have question mark, question marks over his mobility, and ultimately, you know, I, I can, I can say. You know, I can say uh, I can relate to him in, in the sense of his age because I'm I'm a bit older than him, so I know what it's like. And now I'm not a professional athlete; I never have been. Far from it. Um, professional chocolate eater, but not an athlete. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I I still have some doubts about his mobility. You know, getting down to things quickly and and various other things. His his distribution it, it drives me mad at times. Because he he's look he he wants to he wants to distribute the ball out from the back like bloody uh, Edison from Man City does and and it's it's not like that I don't think it works like that in in, in League Two um, but look I think a much better performance the, the penalty save I, I would have been given that he guessed the right way I'd have been disappointed if he hadn't said it it was a crap penalty yeah it was, that first it was one poor. was a yeah. it was a crap penalty it was poor yeah. I mean. You know, your 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 three your four year old son would have scored that. <laughs> better, you know, would have done better than that. It was yeah. awful. So as soon as he guessed the right way, so I'm not putting that down as a good save. I'm putting that down as a he guessed the right way, and I'd expect him to save it. Um, 
but you know he 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 has made a couple of key saves in 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 that game and in the game on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, I'm not eating humble pie because I wasn't criticising him. It was just uh, an open conversation. And uh, look, if if he if his fitness continues to improve and his sharpness continues to improve, I suppose you got we have got to remember as well. You know, he was out of the game for a long time, and okay, he played eight games at the back end of last season, but it probably will take a bit of time for it all to come flooding back and get used to that playing week in week out again. Um, so I, you know, I, I I don't know. Let's let let's see. But um, yeah, you know, he saved it. That's all you can ask him to do is his job. Talking about the penalties, uh, Jamie. Uh, first, first of all, before we go into the general refereeing decisions, both penalties were legitimate. Do you think you can argue it till the cows come home? But I think what 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 I would say is they were both incredibly soft. They were both incredibly stupid from our perspective. But if we were on the receiving end, we'd have been screaming for a penalty for both of them as well. I think uh, the second one, I think, if I remember rightly, that was the one with O'Connell, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was It was the slightest of touches, but Moles, that's what Moles does. It, it's part of the game. As much as I hate to say it, it's part of the game. There's, there's an intelligent element to play in the game, which is playing for fouls and things like that and he played he played the referee and he played the defender you know he felt the touch he went down and he made it look authentic and or authentic enough for the referee to give it as as a as the the team on the receiving end i was furious because it's you know it's soft but it, it, if the boot were on the other foot i'd have been screaming for a penalty and the first one i mean i don't know what he was doing he, he was like a bear hug wasn't it and and why why he felt that he needed to do that and again he, he's a soft one to give away but one I would be screaming for if I was on if I was you know the the attacker, and and ultimately made it easy for the referee to to, to give it. So I, I don't think we can have an argument with either one. Stu, stu, the only argument that you could probably have with the second one is that the tool that was fouled was the same tool that chopped Elliot Lee in half a few minutes before. And there's the question about whether he should have still been on the pitch. That's that 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 that's the only contentious bit for me. But the penalty was a penalty. Harry Pell was the was the player in question. What did you think of that? Do you think it was a red? Was it on purpose? It was. The problem is, is the problem is at the moment. And I was about to ask you. I mean, now we're back in the football league. You know. Yeah. What do you, compared to obviously to the national league, where you and I criticised the officiating on many many occasions. What do you think of the level, the general level of, of refereeing within the within the league's structure so far? I mean, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because they brought in these new rules where referees obviously have been told some very new specific rules with regards to keep play flowing, uh, don't let time waste, you know, card for time wasting, card for dissent. I mean, Palmer got a stupid yellow card on Tuesday yeah. just because he nipped back at the referee. And that's something I think they need to learn to not do that. There's there's, there's going to be some stupid red cards seen this. If, 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 if I mean, we see this every season, don't we? The, the governing bodies bring in some new rules. They're, um, they're implemented and they're, they're, they're um, administered quite, quite stringently at the beginning of the season. And sometimes they fade away. Uh, I mean, you, you take, take the, the goalkeeper ha- having to release the ball after six seconds that came in, Christ, a long time ago now. But when that first came in, they were they were on it. But then as I think time went on, it, it, it disappeared. So whether we'll carry on seeing what, what, what we're seeing, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think, but there are going to, I think if they do, there are going to be some stupid red cards this season because people are going to, players are going to get booked for stupid reasons and then they'll do something else that'll give the referee no, no choice. Um, 
incidentally on the the tackle on Elliot Lee, I I, I don't think it was a red card. It was a it was a it was a horrible tackle mm. and it was a dirty tackle. Mm. But I don't think it was a red card, and I can understand Elliot Lee's reaction. But I don't think it was a red to be honest, to be honest with you. But it was just whether, like I say, a contentious subject. To answer your question about the standard of refereeing, um, it's one of them, isn't it? It's a, it's a horrible job. It's a horrible job. I mean, how do you get into refereeing? I'd rather be a right back than a referee. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, it's it, it's a thankless task, isn't it? Mm. It is a thankless task because whatever they do, and particularly at this level, you've got. I mean, I, I, I'm more infuriated watching the game as a whole at the minute when you look at the high levels and you look at like the Premier League and European football. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. I know going off piste a little bit, but I don't know if you saw it on Monday night, the Man United game. Their their, their goalkeeper, Man United's goalkeeper absolutely took out two walls attackers and it wasn't given it was a penalty all day long and it wasn't given and you say and you say right that's fine however the difference there is is that they've got VAR so there shouldn't be any mistakes really or there shouldn't be any significant mistakes but anyway we haven't got that luxury at this level so I do have a little bit of empathy with the refs and the officials because they get one look at it you know it's like that um the MK Dons game for example I think it was their fourth goal do you remember where they broke clear and I was screaming that it was offside I was convinced I was convinced and when I watched it back it was nowhere near no so you know we they get one look at it so and they're easy targets aren't they at the end of the day they're easy targets for, for abuse for want of a better word what do I think the standard's been like I don't think it's been I don't think it's been uh, massively better than the National League so far but then I don't think it's been massively worse either worse either it's part of the game, isn't it? Ultimately, referees' decisions, sometimes they go for you, sometimes they go against you. It's just part of the game. Well, Wrexham's second game of the week was back at the Stoke Kairas on a warm Tuesday night under the lights. Wrexham made four changes from the Saturday, Foster in goal, O'Connell, Toza and Boyle back three, Ford and Mendy now on the wings, Luke Young back with James Jones and Elliot Lee back in midfield, and Palmer and Jake Bickerstaff up front. Wrexham started at pace for the first 10 minutes, pummeling Walsall, which paid off on eight minutes with intense pressure on Evans in goal. The ball eventually was crossed into Boyle at the back post, who looped a header over the keeper for a goal on his home debut. Wrexham 1-0 up. Walsall started to get back into the game and the pace was brisk, back and forth. On 20 minutes, Walsall headed the ball out of the box, landing at Palmer's feet 20 yards out. Ollie saw the keeper off the line and volleyed the ball over Evans's head into an open goal, Wrexham 2-0. This shocked Walsall into reaction and on 24 minutes, a well-worked training ground short corner squared to Hussey running into the box who buried the ball low to Foster's right, Wrexham 2, Walsall 1, which it stayed at half-time. Wrexham came out for the second half and Walsall seemed to have had their backs up running the ball around the box and trying to make chances. Sturk with a fantastic volley that rattled the corner of the goal, leaving Foster standing. The follow-up shot by Daniels was stopped by the outstretched leg of Foster. The pressure from Warsaw was relentless, although Wrexham weathered it well with some good counter-attacking, and on 56 minutes, Mendy crossed the ball from the left on into the six-yard area. Bickerstaff then held the ball, turned and struck the ball into the net for his first ever league goal. Wrexham 3, Warsaw 1. Palmer and Bickerstaff were subbed on 73 minutes for Dorby and Waters for a full up-front change, and the game started initially to wind down, especially when on 85 minutes Lee got the ball on the edge of the area and slotted it into the corner for Wrexham 4, Warsaw 1. O'Connor came on at 87 minutes for Lee, who got a deserved standing ovation and was awarded Man of the Match. 
Wrexham tried to slow the game down, but Walsall had other ideas and put the pressure on in stoppage time, with a ball scrambled into his own net by Ford for a Wrexham 4, Walsall 2 end. 10,118 watched Wrexham's first league win since the 3rd of May 2008, a wait of 5,582 days. Wrexham end the week in 11th place in the league, five points off the top. Jamie, a great birthday present for you. What were your observations of this game? Um, I think I think as a headline, before I say anything specific, what I would say is it, it's it's the first win back in the Football League, which is a massive thing. You know, to give us that first win and back at home was, was great. One, But what I would say is, is that what is really encouraging is that we've got so many more gears to go yet. And yet we, we've managed to, to, to get a win on the board. Um, it was again. It was. A, it was a. I enjoyed the game. I've enjoyed all the games so far this this year. Um, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought uh, Warsaw were were uh, were okay. Um, decent decent when they had the ball. Um, a little bit a little bit all over the place without the ball. Um, I thought our our lineup was 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 decent. Um, and I thought we 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 played well. I thought we we played well at, at, in spells of the game. We played well. Um, it's just those you know the, the little lacks in concentration for their first goal, um, and it's just keeping that. It's, you know, it's just it's, it comes back to what I've said before. It, for me, we we're just still building up that. We're building up the fitness levels. We're building up the sharpness because with that will come the ability to press more the to keep the intensity up and then with that will come the quality which we know we've got i still think the team's a little bit uh and again maybe injuries playing part in it but i think the team is still uh for me a little bit unbalanced and i think i think there's some you know i i would have i personally would like to see some changes for saturday um defensively is a, is a bit you know we we look a bit this is what you know. It kind of goes again against a little bit what I said about Wimbledon. We 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 look shaky at the back, uh, and, and at times there are, there are times where we look great, and then there are times where we look shaky. And I guess that's just the nature of football. You're not going to dominate for ninety minutes, um, but we you know there there were just there's still too many times where it's it's not typical or not what we've become used to watching Wrexham, where we're getting caught in possession, we're giving the ball away too easy, we're uh, you know we're, we're picking out we're not picking out the right passes uh, we're missing you know chances uh, we're letting the opposition um, you know we're letting the opposition into games more than we should um, but overall it was I thought it was a it was a, a, a you know how can you say it's it's not a good result to, to, to win you know to win a game but uh, yeah I thought overall it was good um, score four goals, great. Did any particular players stand out for you? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there, didn't you? You know, Elliot Lee was 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 brilliant. Um, you, you know, again, he, he he's picking up from where he left off last season. Again, I think he's probably in the same boat as the rest of the players, where he's just probably short. And I think he, uh, I watched his his post match interview that he did for the, the official club website, and and he, and he he alluded to it himself about the fact that that the lads are short of. Uh, a bit of you know minutes and, and sharpness, um, uh, uh, but yeah, he he was he was brilliant again, and and I think you know he's got the potential if we can get him firing on all cylinders, he's got the potential to blow the league away. I think, um, but I thought he he was good. Uh, Luke Young, brilliant, and for me at the minute 
is is a, is a should be on, uh, you know, should be starting games at the moment based on on his recent performances. He should be in there for me. Um, I thought Ford uh, Fordy played well. I think you know he he's he he's looked good when he's come on a sub in the earlier games and then started on on Tuesday. I thought he was solid. Um, Apart from his own goal, but you know that wasn't his fault. <laughs> no. Uh, but no, you know I think he he he's he's looking good, and that's obviously that's another great problem problem for Parky to have. Um, and I suppose as long as, I mean, if 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 Fordy's fit and he's and he's playing like he is at the minute, you know you've got a great you've got a great weapon down that right hand side where you've got Ford that can play and 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 uh, you know, start the game can can show some real quality. Uh, and have a real influence on the game, and then you've got Barney. You can bring on fresh, you know, pacey, pacey legs later on in the game. So it's it's a great sort of arsenal to have down that right hand side. But obviously the challenge is you've got to balance it to keep everybody happy. Uh, but no, I thought I thought Fordy was good. Ollie was brilliant. Um, I think you know he he's uh, it was great for him to get that goal. I think he he really needed a goal for it for his confidence and for it just just to give him a boost. And what a goal it was! I mean, what a finish! Um, you know, it's the, the the technique and the precision to get it in from there. You know, he could probably try that hundred times, and and he probably only get it in a couple of times. Um, it's a great finish and a and a great Cantonar esque celebration. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, with his with his with with his arms up, um, which which was brilliant. But no, his his work rate, his work rate is is being phenomenal. Um, and I, I just hope he can. I hope he can stay fit, and I hope he can keep, you know, keep improving his fitness and his sharpness. And and I think if we can get him, keep him as he is, and and how he started the season, and get Moles back, I think those two could rip the the league apart. If if I'm honest, um, and I think, I think, and I hope talking about strikers, I I I hope, uh, Sam Dolby watches. Ollie and and starts to take parts of his game because if you think about the, the the difference in you know like just just an age apart from anything else but you watch Ollie he runs himself into the ground all through the game and it's the one thing that frustrates me about Sam Dolby more than anything else is he always I, I'm not saying he's lazy at all because I don't believe he is but the way he plays the game he he plays he he moves very he looks very lethargic and he looks very um uh kind of uh. Uh, you know, just moving around. I, I, I'll move around. I'm not going to press too much there. You know, oh, the balls! You know, the balls there. Now I'll come. I'll, I'll find a burst of speed. You watch Ollie, and he chases everything down, and he, he badges defenders. Um, so yeah, I, I thought he was he, he was outstanding as well. Um, and like I said before, Boyle. I thought Boyle had a solid game. I obviously got his first goal, which was which was great because I think, like I said, we, we we're massively miss, missing Hayden's uh, aerial threat. So for him to get a goal is, is was was great. Um, and yeah, I I I I I think he's he he's not gonna um, you know he's not gonna set the world on fire, but he's gonna be I think solid and reliable as long as we can keep him fit. So it was great at first goals for both Boyle and for Jake Bickerstaff, who we've been waiting for a long time for him to get his first league goal. Uh, do you think he still should be should go out on loan now, as you suggested previously, or should we be keeping him because of what he's managing to produce over the last few games? It's a really interesting one, isn't it? The whole you know the whole debate around Bickers and just the strike situation, the striker situation in general. Um, 
I was delighted for him to get his first goal. You know, I think he's deserved that. He's, he, you know, he, he clearly is somebody that, that, that puts the effort in. Um, but I, I think I probably stand by what I said, I think, last week in that I think there is a quality player in there, but I don't quite think... I don't quite think he's ready for us in League Two at the moment, and I still think he would benefit from going out on loan. The problem that you've got is, is if you send him out on loan, and because obviously the prognosis with Moles is is supposed to be better than expected, so if you, if you think to yourself, okay, let's send him out on loan because Moles is coming back sooner than we thought, and then the four we've got is good enough. Um, is it good enough? That's the question, isn't it? Mm. Um, is it is it enough? And and it and it's tricky because you know ultimately you'd you'd have to say on paper and 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 based on what they've done over the last couple of seasons, our our, our first pick strike partnership. If everyone was fit, it's Palmer and Mulls. Um, you know, Dolby progressed massively last season. Billy Waters is a bit of an unknown still, isn't he? I mean, he had a great chance on Tuesday night, but when I when I first saw it again, I'm talking about you get one look at thing. When I saw it in the stadium, I was like, "Oh, that was close!" And I was you know, doing my usual thing where I'm like crouching down <laughs> off off my chair. Um, but when I watched it back, it was it, 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 he should have done better with it. If I'm being honest, I, I personally think he should have done better with it. Um, so he's still a little bit of an unknown. But I I I, I don't is he is he enough? I think it comes down to what's what are the club's intentions or you know. Are they are they all for going for back to back promotions? Uh, you know, are they really going to push to do that? Now, obviously, that's that's the aim. But would it be a disaster if we stayed in League Two for a season? No, it, of course it wouldn't. It's you know we'd all probably be a bit disappointed. And do I expect that to happen? No, I, I expect us to be pushing for at least the playoffs. Um, you, you know, if not more. But I think if if you have got aspirations to 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 get back to back promotions. You have to look at it and you say, with the strike force we've got, you probably need to be looking at adding a League One slash championship quality striker into that mix. Now, I know that's easier said than done because, like I said before about the, the squad number situation, you can't just go and sign players because we're, we're, we're at capacity already. So if somebody comes in, somebody's got to go out. I, I just, you know, look... I, in Parky, we trust is the saying, isn't it? That we all we all adopt, and and I I fully back whatever he he and the the the, the coaching staff and the and the people that make the decisions, whatever they think is best, then we support it and we go with it. My personal opinion, for what it's worth, is I I would like to see another top quality striker coming in. Bicker's going out on loan. Um, what that means for for Sam Dolby and Billy Waters, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I think we probably we, we, we should probably still be looking at another um, striker. But that's just like I say, my my humble opinion. But just to go back to what you said about big staff, unquestionably, I wouldn't want to sell him loan. I think, like I said last week, I think a loan, a season on loan in the national league, probably the where it's in a team where he's going to play week in week out. That for me would do him the world of good and I think we would benefit from it long term because I think there is a, there is a quality player in there I just think you need a little bit more uh, time 
Well, as you rightly said earlier, we've scored the most goals in the league so far, but also we have the worst defence in the league so far. I mean, should we re- should we be really concerned about our leaky back line? Um, I suppose you've got to you've, you've got to be concerned. You've, yes, you've got to have a little concern about it because, like I like I say, I, I don't think any of us and and Parky certainly won't want to won't want to have this. We'll score more than you attitude because you can't rely on that. You know, uh, you know. Obviously, you've got to score goals to win games, but you've also got to be able to defend and keep goals out. And that's not to say you're never going to concede a goal because that's just not feasible. But at the moment, we we look really uh, iffy at the back, and the, the number of goals we conceded backs that up. I think there's maybe a little bit of an anomaly in the sense that five of those eight goals were um, scored on the first. Gave by uh, MK Dons, weren't they? Mm. So, to be fair, that was probably a slight exception in the sense of a we've all I think we all now agree that the players were massively underprepared for that first game, and it showed. And two, it's unlikely we're going to come up against two lightning whip it quick strikers like we did on that game, and I, and I and I that is going to be a problem, no matter how fit and how organised and how good our defence is. With with any combination of our defenders, the one thing that we're gonna, that's going to hurt us is pace. So I think you, you have to take that first game with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But even despite that, you know the other goals we've conceded and the other chances that we've let come on to us, it, I've, not, I've not yet felt confident inspired by any of the defensive combinations. And I think you have to also look at uh, look at that bleeding into the midfield a little bit as well because you know the, the defending starts from the front and this is one of the great things about Moles and Palmer as I was saying before they defend from the front they chase they press they harry you look come into the midfield Lee does it all game you know he presses he harries he, he tries to close the ball down sometimes a little bit you know overzealous and he gets booked for it um, but but then you know you look at them behind that, and this is where I think part of the problem is is that this this mid central midfield combination that we've bought the combinations that we've been using so far for me personally have not not worked properly or not worked as they should for for different reasons. Well, if you if you've lost that little sort of um, that little buffer in front of you as a back three, then that's going to put more pressure on the back three, and then you know when the back three is chopping and changing as well, and they're not up to scratch, it's 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 going to create you know a a a, a stress on the defense and that's that's what you know what i'm seeing at the moment well our predictions this week were a little bit hit and miss we all predicted a win for Wrexham versus wimbledon so no points there but we did say Wrexham would win versus warsaw so we all get a point for that which gets oh fluffy sheep all stars and hamilton property services fc off the mark but alice and wonderland are still on top with three points Now on the Eat More Chips pod, it's time for today's newspaper, tomorrow's chip paper, where we look at the news this week around Wales and Wrexham AFC football. First up, Wrexham have made another new signing this week. Goalkeeper Luke McNicholas joins on a short-term contract till January, with Wrexham having the option to sign him permanently after that. The 23-year-old from Belcara County Mayo joins Wrexham from Sligo Rovers in the League of Ireland Premier Division, where last season he made 26 appearances, conceded 36 goals and kept three clean sheets. On signing, he said, I'm absolutely buzzing to be here and can't wait to get started. 
The experience in the goalkeeping department at Wrexham is second to none. I've got so much to learn from all of them and from Aidan Davidson, so I know I'm going to soak it all in. Jamie, we have Foster, Howard and Leighton already on the books. Do we need Luke as well? I reckon the part of our um, uh, criteria for signing new players is, are you from Ireland? <laughs> yes, you're signed. Um, uh, yeah, no. Do, do, do we need him? Uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think any Wrexham fan will will have would have heard of him, or very few Wrexham fans would have heard of him, or be able to tell you much about him. I certainly can't. Um, do we need him? Uh, yes, I think we we needed a fourth goalkeeper um, because you've got Foster and Howard who are um, obviously at the latter end of their careers. You've got Leighton, who I think a lot of fans would probably say to you or, or would tell you that, that, they, that they think he may be our best goalkeeper of the ones we've got on our books. And, and I would find it hard to argue with that. However, he does seem to be made of glass. So um, that's a problem. So we definitely needed a fourth keeper. And I think the key criteria with a fourth goalkeeper was that it was somebody young and somebody with potential. So on paper, he ticks those boxes. Now, they're not just going to have uh, signed him, you know, literally, you know, open football manager and scroll down a list of names that <laughs> so will take him. That's how I normally play it, to be fair. If I, <laughs> I think, oh, that name looks interesting, I'll have him. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so they they will have obviously... Now, where, where, where this guy has come from in regards to how he's been put on the radar, I don't know. Um, it would be interesting to, to to know, but you're going to assume that they've done some homework on him. Um, now, is, is he is he our long term? Is the intention for him to be our long term new number one? I, who knows? Uh, but you know, look, let again, Parky we trust, and, and, and whoever else is involved in recruitment we trust. Uh, let's see how it how it progresses and what he brings, whether we'll see much of him or anything of him this season, who knows? Well, well, that's the question I was going to ask. I mean, with the number of competitions that Wrexham have to compete in this season and with Leighton currently injured uh, by the sounds of it, I mean, do you think we'll see Luke this season? Um, I, I wouldn't have thought we'll see a lot of him um, based, based on, you know, my opinion. Uh, I would assume that, that that subject to fitness, it will be Foster, Howard, and then if Leighton's fit, it will be those three will 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 cover our our games. Whether that's the you know I know we've got stacked at uh, this time of the season we've we stacked a little bit with cups and and obviously league games, but uh, I, so I don't envisage seeing much of him. But um, I, I still think you know you're going to want to give. I can't see obviously Foster playing in that game, but you're going to want to give Howard minutes. You know, Howard's still going to want to play. He's not just going to want to be sitting on the bench all season. So I would say in the pecking order, it, it's you know it's it's Foster, Howard, and then if Leighton comes back in, it's Foster, Howard, Leighton on the same line. I don't know how you play that, and then and then Luke is is after that. Now, obviously, if you get a raft of injuries or whatever, then maybe we will see him, but. Uh, I I I don't know. I get the feeling he, he's one. You know, he's been he's been taken as one for the future they obviously think there's something there that they can develop you know what what he turns out to be who knows 
Tickets for Wales Women's Opening Nations League match away to Iceland go on general sale on Friday the 8th of September. The match will take place in Reykjavik and tickets will be available from the Icelandic ticket operator Tix on www.tix.is. Tix? Tix, T-I-X, yeah. Oh, right, okay. What, what, why when you said Tix was I thinking of like little parasites? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> this will be Wales's opening fixture with them returning home to play four days later versus Denmark at the Cardiff City Stadium. Jamie, we'll go more into Wales's Nations League campaign a little closer to the time, but how important will it be for Wales to get off to a good start versus Iceland? Yeah, it'll be. It's important, isn't it? You know, I think, um, you know, in these international games at whatever level it is now, that you've got to get off to a good start because you just don't have the. You know, it's not it's not a forty six game season, is it? Where you've got opportunities to, to to recover. I mean, I'm not saying you lose and that's the be all and end all, but it, it has a big impact on 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 the the trajectory of any campaign, doesn't it? So, um, I, you know, not not lose, I would say, as is a is a minimum. Uh, obviously, with a pre- preference being a, a win. Well, Iceland are ranked 15 in the world and have had a positive result in their last friendly versus Austria, where they won one nil. How tough of an opening game will this be, do you think? And I'm, I'm very aware that you probably don't know a huge amount about Iceland's women's team. I could probably tell you more about the women that work at Iceland in, uh, <laughs> down the road than, than, than the, the football players. Um, where, where's, uh, where's, um, um, where's uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the, the globe trotter when you need him. <laughs> so, um, well, this is why you're standing in for him. So you are you're you're Howard to his Foster, uh, and uh, <laughs> I have to be honest. At the moment, I think Foster needs to go back in goal. To be honest, yeah. Well, you, you're right. That's what that's what he's here for. He's our resident Welsh expert. Uh, I, I just uh, I, I just have a dragon tattooed on my leg, and I'm, I call myself Welsh, and I watch the games, and that's as much as I do. Um, no, look, like you said, they had a good result in their last um, their last outing. Um, I don't think it, you know, I, I, I think we've said this before, at any level, uh, no matter what age range, no matter what gender, at any level, international football is difficult It's and it's going to be challenging. So, you, you know, the, I think the test is going to be there. Unquestionably, the test is going to be there. And I think we've just got to... You know, we've got to try and carry on from the, you know, the um, the the momentum and and the, the although we lost the game to the US, um, you know, carrying on the momentum and the and, and the positive element from that we took from that game because I think there were lots of positives to take from it. So we've got to try and carry on and build on that momentum. I think. Wrexham women's captain Kim Dutton announced this week that her time with Wrexham has come to an end. Kim captained Wrexham for two years and became the first Wrexham captain to lift a league winner trophy since Gareth Davis in 1978, followed closely by Luke Young and Ben Tozer when the men won the title this year. She said in her Twitter post, There has been no better feeling than wearing that shirt week in and out. This follows on from Ella Clifton Stringer leaving the club to attend university and Mia Roberts announcing she is also stepping away from Wrexham after her valuable contribution to the club over many years. Jamie, it's always sad when players who have contributed so much and have been fan favourites leave a club. Kim, Ella and Mia's contribution can't be underestimated, can it? Not at all. Not at all. It's... um... It, it's 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 the sad side of football, isn't it? So you know, football's a a, a ruthless sport. 
Um, and it is the sad side of it sometimes when, you know, things change and, and, and players move on, whether that's through their own choice or, or through, you know, the, the, the club's choice or, or, you know, maybe through, you know, injury might dictate that, that you can't play anymore. Um, yeah, I think of the women that have, obviously, that we know about that are, that are not staying with Wrexham, uh, that, have, that have been said this week, the ones you mentioned there in particular, um, no, the, the the contribution will never be forgotten, will it? I don't think anyone from that uh, from that squad from last year, um, and obviously the the couple of years before to get to that point, I don't think their contribution will ever be forgotten, um, and they should be immensely proud of of the part they've played. You know what what, what you know how, however big or however small they feel it is, they they they've played a part, and they should be immensely proud of. You know what what they achieved, what they helped the team and the club and the town achieve, um, and and I think, you know, the, the the women's game obviously last year massively came to the forefront, uh, you know, locally, nationally, and internationally, um, and and I and I hope that they understand that that, that they've you know that they've played a massive part in that, and and I wish them every success in whatever they end up you know going on to to, to do now. And we at the Eat More Chips podcast wish them all nothing but the best in their next adventures. Manager Craig Knight has announced the Wales under-17 men's squad this week, ahead of them taking part in the Serenka Cup in Poland. Starting versus the hosts on Sunday 20th of August, followed by a game versus Romania on Tuesday the 22nd of August, and finally on Thursday the 24th of August versus Georgia. This tournament is preparation for the UEFA Under-17 Euro qualifying round in October versus Belgium, Gibraltar and hosts Israel. The squad players are Logan Stretch from Sheffield Wednesday, Lewis Lyons from Coventry City, Ronan Kipakio from Cardiff City, Billy Clark from Swansea City, Braden Clark from Wolves, Yestin Jones from Swansea City, Charlie Walker-Smith from Crystal Palace, Rhys Moorish from West Brom, Bruce Leeming from Blackburn Rovers, Jack Thomas from Cardiff City, Mackenzie Bradbury from Wolves, Charlie Stevens from AFC Bournemouth, Lewis Gardner from Everton, Zach King-Phillips from Bristol City, Josh Salmon from AFC Bournemouth, Oliver Bostock from West Brom, Elliot Miles from Norwich City, Cruz Allen from Derby County, Lewis Griffiths from Oxford United, Josh Gentles from Rangers, Adam Brett from Brighton and Hove Albion, and Zach Jagielka from Liverpool. Jamie, the future of the Wales men's side there, and they, they didn't do particularly well in the under-17 UEFA Championships earlier this year, going out in the group stages, although we did beat Poland 3-0 in that championship. How important uh, to the Wales senior side and the success of Wales as a football nation on the men's side is the development of this under-17 squad? It's massive, isn't it? I think we talked about it um... We, we talked about it a few weeks ago when when, when that tournament was happening, um, or Daz probably did. Um, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's massive, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's the future. It's it's the future of of the Welsh national team. Um, you know, like you say, that tournament. Uh, I don't think I don't think any of them, you know, obviously, wouldn't have been happy with it, and I think they probably didn't do themselves justice, certainly in the first couple of games. Um, it was a disappointing tournament at the end. In the end of the day, um, 
But again, a little bit like with with the women's side, that there, there are flashes. There were there were flashes of quality that you could see there, um, and there were there were um, lots of things to be positive about, and lots of things to be optimistic about. And I think, you know, particularly when you when you you're in that younger age group, I think one of the things really important is is to to, to constantly be looking forward. You know, is not not dwell too much on what's gone on in the past. Um, you know, because I think if you if you concentrate on what what what's ahead of you rather than what's behind you um it's gonna you know it's gonna hopefully stand them in, in good stead and we'll see some 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 breakout you know future stars paul mullin was seen at the stoke kairos on tuesday having returned from the states in a press conference phil parkinson said we've had great news about moles the other day the specialist is really happy in particular with the punctured lung there were no complications, which is always a fear. We didn't know that until Monday, so he's going to be back in weeks rather than months. That's really good for us. Wrexham haven't stated an exact timeline, but we'll be constantly monitoring Paul's recovery and eventually reintroduction back into training. Jamie, great news about Paul Mullin. How much do you think Wrexham need him back at full fitness right now? Nah, he's fine. Don't need him, do we? <laughs> uh, yeah, we need him. Of course, we need him. Uh, he he he's our talisman. He, he is our star, isn't he? Um, and I think any team in League Two or League One uh, would miss him. So yeah, the sooner the better we can we can get him back. Um, it was great to see him in the ground on Tuesday. Uh, I don't know if you saw the picture that I posted. It was a terrible picture because it was maximum zoom on my phone. But I got him. And three rows ahead of him was, or in front of him, was Mickey Thomas. And I just thought, oosh, I'll have some of that. Imagine them two playing together. Um, but no, it was, he, he looked, uh, he, he looked in great spirits. You know, it, it, he, he was his usual um, accommodating self, you know, taking selfies with, with, with kids and, and, and you know, people people chatting to him, and and he he looked in really good spirits. Um, obviously, you can't tell anything about his fitness just from from seeing him. Uh, it was great great news. The prognosis was great news. Uh, I'm glad they haven't put they haven't announced the time scale because that's just going to sort of put pressure on everything, isn't it? You know, he'll be back when he's back. And I think the most important thing is that he he he, he takes whatever time is needed. You know, excuse me. This is not um, you know, we're not we're not at the latter part of the season here where. We've got a, 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 a promotion push or a title push, and we desperately need him back. You know, yes, we need him back. Yes, we want him back. Everybody wants to see him back on the pitch, but it needs to be when he's right because the last thing we want to do is is bring him back too soon, and you know, um, not, not necessarily relapse the injury because it was such a freak injury. But you know, if you bring him back too soon and his, his ribs haven't healed properly, and he takes a you know a, 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 a slap off off a, off a you know, a chunky defender or something, and and you know what I mean. It, it needs to be right. So I'd rather him if it, I'd rather him take six weeks and be hundred percent right than say be eighty percent and come back in four weeks. Um, but yeah, we can't. You know, you know, I don't. I I, I think unless you find a Rex and fan in a straight jacket and a padded room, I don't think anyone <laughs> would say um would say that they they don't want him. You know, they can't. They don't. You know, don't really want him to come back, or they they don't need. We don't need him. So uh, yeah, bring it on. Professional football, by its very nature, is fast-paced and often momentary in its substance. Players in the modern-day game can be thought of as assets or commodities rather than people, 
that are bought and sold. Some footballers in return become guns for hire, nomadic, plying their trade to the highest bidder with little long-term loyalty to the club they're playing for. This is an extreme view, of course, and the majority of players invest heavily, both physically and mentally, for the side they're playing for, and often reluctantly move on when they are sold to or bought by another club. But there is a category of player that becomes so valuable to a team and so loved by fans that they stay long-term, make a significant contribution and reach a status that makes them become a great in the eyes of supporters. Lee Trundle made an impact in the two years he was with Wrexham, but it's his time at Swansea he's more known for, due to his longevity and legacy to the club. Often, time at the club and number of appearances have a lot to do with reaching a club great status. Add achievements and milestones to that and you get a player that cements their name in club history. Wrexham have had a number of players that have attained this honour and none more so than Luke Young. He has been a constant in the Wrexham side since 2018 and has been club captain since 2021. Jamie, as a Wrexham fan, where generally in the Wrexham family do you think Luke Young sits? I would say whether it's whether it's a direct answer to your question, I don't know, but I would say probably the one the one word I would use to describe uh, Luke Young in, or, or how he's perceived is underrated slash underappreciated. Um, I think you know this week was his two hundredth league appearance for Wrexham, um, and I'm glad I knew that off the top of my head because you've gone and thrown this subject in that wasn't on the script. So uh, thanks for Well, that. it's the reason why we're talking about it is the fact that he's got 200 appearances, league appearances, should I say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you have to look back, you, you know, to, to, you have to look back over those, um, you know, over those 200 appearances. I mean, when he joined, I think it was, what, 2018. So, you know, he's been, been at the club now for, for, you know, four or five years. Uh, club captain, consistent, reliable, uh, and actually, a lot better than he's probably given credit for. Uh, where, where, where's his legacy? Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I think he, he's one of those players that he's probably a bit under the radar. So, in years to come, when we're having uh, master debates about, um, <laughs> we're we're having we're having conversations about you know Wrexham as we do now, Wrexham greats and and you know. He, he he probably you know if you if you said name you know name five ten Wrexham great player he probably wouldn't make that list, um, but I don't think that's a that, I don't think that's uh, you know a, 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 because of anything disrespectful. I think that's just because that's in a, in some in a really stupid way. It's almost a backhanded compliment because I think he wouldn't make the list because he goes about his work or he's always gone about his work at Wrexham a little bit under the radar. But I think what he what he is is like I said he, he he's 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 dependable, you know he's committed he's a great ambassador for the club, great professional. Uh, I think I said it last week. You know uh, the the absolute uh, epitome of what a professional footballer should be. Great with the the fans, you know. Great with the local people. Represents the club. Represents the badge. With, you know with pride and with honour. Genuinely seems like he loves playing for the club and like you know lo- you know likes the area. Um, and 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 I I you know I think he's been a, uh, a, a he's he's been a significant cog in, in our machine over the last few years. He was obviously there before the takeover, so he was there in the dark, you know, in some of the dark times. 
uh, and I'm glad he's still there now in in in, in the good times. Um, and I was over the moon for him to, to obviously that he was the one that got to lift the the championship trophy. Well, Luke was born in Plymouth and started his football journey aged nine, signing for the Centre of Excellence at his home club, Plymouth Argyle. Luke spent all of his youth there until he was signed under a professional contract at Plymouth, making his debut for them in 2011. Luke went on to appear 108 times over the next three years, scoring eight goals and being voted Young Player of the Year, no pun intended, in 2012. In 2014, Luke moved to Devon rivals Torquay United on a two-year deal. He made 147 appearances for Torquay, scoring 19 goals and winning Player of the Year for three years during his tenure. After Torquay were relegated in 2018, Luke made the move to Wrexham as Sam Ricketts' first managerial signing and initially signed a two-year deal. Luke opened the season that year versus Dover Athletic, with Wrexham winning that game 1-0. Luke made 48 appearances for Wrexham that season, scoring four goals, and his first goal versus Dagenham and Redbridge was voted Steve Edwards' goal of the season for 2018-2019. Jamie, do you remember much about Luke's first season as a player with us? Because I don't, and that's a terrible thing to say. No, I don't. I, I don't think it's a terrible thing to say. I think uh, no, no is the answer to your question. But then I think. It it, it it folds back in a little bit to what I just said a minute ago. I think that's because he, he, he is a little bit of an under the radar player. You know, yes he will he will score the occasional screamer. I mean I remember that goal versus Dagenham Redbridge and that was a top Oh yeah, yeah. Top yeah. goal. You know, he's efficient, isn't he? That's what he is. He's efficient, he's dependable, he's steady. And that's and that's the thing. And that sounds like oh, that's, I'm just hearing what I'm saying there. And that sounds like I'm being disrespectful, and I'm not being at all. You know, I'm not saying he's not a quality player, but he's he is of a level and he's consistent. And I think that's possibly why you you, you don't remember because I think he went about his work and he went about his job and he went about the task he was he was given to do. He went about it in an efficient and professional manner. If I was interpreting what you're saying, he makes it look easy. I think that's what it is. I think he's he's got incredible skill, but makes it look like anybody could do it. And we both know, to play at the level that he plays, very, very few players can play at that level consistently. Would I be right in saying that, do you think? Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right to a point. I think that there is an element of he makes it look easy. Um, but you know, I think he, he a lot of what he's always been asked to do in a Wrexham team is 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 to do the the you know the the um, the, the the murky jobs for want of a better phrase. You know, he, he's not not so much the glamorous you know at the, at the forefront uh, um, you know popping in goals and things like that. He's asked to do the you know the the, the donkey work in midfield and the the defensive elements of of, of the game. Um, but yeah, I think I think to a point, he, he you know he, he makes it look easy, but he he like I say, I keep using that word. He, he's he's efficient, isn't he? He's, he's efficient. He's dependable, um, and he's consistent. And that's that's really what you want from a player. You know, it's great to have it's great to have a, a player that can have a, a you know a stellar standout game, blitz defenders away, and score a wonder goal. But then you don't see him for the next six games. Whereas you also need in your team, you need Luke Youngs. You know, you need somebody that's going to be. Uh, you know, uh, uh, um, at, at a consistent high level, every time he crosses that white line, and that's that's what he does. I mean, I, I, you know, you look back at last year and you think, you know, why did he lose his place in the team? Um, you know, towards the back end of last season, he lost his place in the team and in the squad, and I don't really recall a reason for that. I don't, 
remember him having a stinker of a game or having a spell of of bad games. So I I, I don't you know I don't know what you know I don't know why what why, what happened there to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm glad he's still at the club. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I think there was strong rumours. Obviously, he might go in the summer, uh, but I'm, I'm certainly glad he's he's still at the club and he's still in the squad. And at the moment, he for me is should be in the starting lineup. Well, in the fractured 2019-2020 season, Wrexham struggled, but Luke really stood out with his skill and commitment. He made 41 appearances and scoring three goals again for the second season in a row, winning the Steve Edwards Goal of the Season award for his goal versus Bromley and was voted Wrexham Player of the Year. 2020-2021 was a post-pandemic season, with games played in empty stadiums. Luke made 43 appearances, scoring 12 goals, and continued to excel in those tough times, becoming leading goalscorer that season and winning Player of the Season for the second year in a row. Jamie, in what was such a difficult time for football in general, can't be underestimated how valuable Luke's contribution was during those two seasons, can it? No, not at all. Um, like, like you say, I mean, particularly that um, that twenty twenty one season. Um, you know, to get for a midfielder to contribute twelve goals is is a phenomenal return. Um, so that season in particular, and like you say, player of the season again. Um, just it just it just highlights and emphasizes what he contributed to the team uh, during, you know, during that season. Um, you know, it, 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 it can't be underestimated that, you know, what, what, what he's, what he's contributed. Um, seeing the times that, you know, in time that he's been at Rex and might say, what, what, what did you say? He's had two, two player of the seasons. Mike Williams, Kevin Russell, Gary Bennett, Paul Mullin. Those are the only other four players Apart, apart from Luke, who have won back-to-back Player of the Years in 48 years. That surely makes him an incredibly special player to win, to be in that company of five players over 48 years, doesn't it? Ultimately, um, you know, what, what, whatever, what, you know, whatever uh, dif- dif- different opinions supporters can have and whatever... Um, you know, and we, we we know from different topics that how varied people's opinions can be. For for you know, for 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 the majority to 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 vote for and acknowledge Luke's contributions in those seasons and vote for him as player of the season that tells you a lot, because obviously over a season is a long time. So it comes back to what I said before about that consistency, isn't it? You know. People will say about um, you know like Moles getting the player of the season back to back because he scored so many goals, and that isn't that there is an element to it of that, of course, because you know he gets all the headlines because he scores all the goals. But for 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 uh, you know those of us that, that that watch Wrexham and follow Wrexham, you will you know we know there's so much more to Moles' game than, than scoring the goals, and 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 you know therefore I think the, the player of the season vote is 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 is. is is given or is view is it's the view of of the uh, contribution over the whole season, and I think that's that was exactly the same with with you know with Luke Young and with those other players you know those other quality players legends that you mentioned before who've who've, who've been the only few that have had it, um, you, you know so that that is quite a significant teller as to how significant a contribution he's made in the time he's been at Wrexham. Well, Phil Parkinson took over in 2021 and instantly made Luke club captain, and Luke 
suddenly became the first name on the team sheet, appearing 43 times, including playing 86 minutes at Wembley in the FA Trophy final and in the team for the 5-4 loss in the playoff semi-final versus Grimsby. Last season, Luke continued to make invaluable contributions and was noticeably missed when absent, particularly early in the season when we lost away at Chesterfield 2-0. By the December, Luke had been moved into more of a defensive role, but still continued to perform under pressure and was seen as one of the linchpins in Wrexham's success. Towards the last couple of months of the season, Luke didn't manage to make the starting eleven or even the subs bench, but continued to support the team off the field and made vital contributions to squad morale. No matter how much time Luke spent off the pitch last season, his contribution helped ensure Wrexham went on to win the league champions title and became the first male captain to lift a league winning trophy since 1978. Jamie, you intimated to it earlier, how happy were you to see Luke lifting that trophy alongside Ben Tozer? Delighted for him, as I'm sure every other Wrexham fan was. Um, like I said before, I, I, I don't... I don't quite know what happened or, or why he, 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 you know, he disappeared from the, the 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 team and then the squad towards the last part of the season. Um, I'm not sure what happened there, but it's you know at the end of the day, it's it's it's, it's irrelevant now, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like you said, for the for the for the first two thirds of the season, he he contributed as did everyone else that that played for for Wrexham last season. Um, so. As as club captain, quite rightly, he was there to to lift the trophy, uh, and I, you know I, I was delighted for him. Um, you know, it was a proud moment for 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 all of us, but it must have been you know immensely proud for, for proud for him and his family uh, to to see that. And I'm, I'm glad he he, he did it. Um, just yeah, like I said, just just still a little bit you know even now looking back a bit perplexed as to to to, to what actually happened, but you know it is what it is. Over the summer, Luke continues to work hard, starting his sixth season with the club. As the season started, he wasn't called on for the first league game, but was included in the starting eleven versus Wigan in the Carabao Cup. He looked sharp and almost scored a goal in a game that finished 0-0, that Wrexham then won on penalties. Luke was on the bench versus Wimbledon, coming on in the 83rd minute, and his appearance at AFC Wimbledon marked his 200th league appearance for the club, being the 40th post-war player to reach this landmark, alongside Steve Watkin, and just ahead of players like Tony Humes, Alan Hill and Sean Cunnington. And Tuesday versus Warsaw saw his 201st league start, adding to that milestone. His appearances since the start of the season have been efficient, skillful and fully committed, and his comments post the Wigan Cup win showed why he is an inspirational club captain Wrexham fans are proud to have at the helm. Jamie, you've sort of described it during this piece, but how were you, how would you describe Luke Young to a non-Wrexham fan? Uh, how would I describe him? Uh, I would describe him as a... I mean... He's a consummate professional. Uh, he's a hundred and ten percent every game type of player. He is good. He's he's a good footballer. Than you know, a lot better than than he's probably maybe given credit for. Um, you know, he's he offers it. He offers you uh, stability. He offers you um, some you know calm assurances in in the middle of the park. He offers you a threat going forward when you know when when he goes forward. Um, he can take corners, um, which is which is a, a massive plus. <laughs> um, 
And 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 although he's not the you know although he's not the uh, you know he's not the biggest, not the tallest, not the strongest. As such, you know he he he's a leader. You know he takes that captain's role seriously, and he and he's a he is a leader. Um, and and I think you know I think a lot of clubs up to a certain level would would love him that that you know in in their team. Well, Luke is now thirty. I mean, can you see him playing out his career with Wrexham, or do you think he will move on before the end of his career? It's a tricky one, though, isn't it? Because it's um, it, it depends what happens with Wrexham over the next couple of years. I mean, I, I like I said before, I think I'm 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 glad that I mean whether whether there was ever any any uh, possibility of him moving on, I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of fans. Um, Maybe uh, he came to the assumption that that, that he might go. That, say whether there was any any merit, you know anything in that or not. I don't know. It might never have even been a been a thing. Um, but I'm glad that he's still at the club because um, because you know certainly with with the squad we've currently got, he he, he definitely has got a place in there. Um, can I see him playing out his career with with Wrexham? It depends on what happens really. You know if if. Uh, whilst at the minute we're not, we're not. It's not looking like we're gonna, you know, with three games in, you know, Christ. So it's hard to say. But you know, if 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 in eight months' time, at the end of the season, we're right up there and we're going for promotion and we're talking about League One, uh, it's 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 tricky, isn't it? Because because you know whether whether you know he then is one of these players that you can see carrying on with you up to the next level. It's hard to say. It's going to depend on, on what kind of season he has, I suppose. Um, a little bit like we were saying about the women before, though, you know, it, it is the, the, the ruthless part of football, isn't there? That, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the the, the kind of um, I- emotional uh, element of football and, and as much as there are some players that you'd love to, 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 to see, you know, for them to see out their, their careers at your club because they're a fan favourite or whatever, it's not always possible to do that, is it? I, I, I can't. It's a it's a very difficult question to answer. Um, you know, if you were putting me on the spot, I'd say probably not. I don't see him ending his career at Wrexham because I think if if Wrexham, depending on how much game time he gets this season, you know, if if it's going to carry on being a bit of a bit part, uh, you know, sub appearance here and there and everything else, you know, and Wrexham do get promoted into League One, and therefore. You would you would you would argue, and he would probably look at that and say, "Well, my game time is going to get even less." Whilst he has still got two or three year uh, career in front of him, I wouldn't surprise me if he would then be looking uh, for more regular football. Um, but uh, you know, who knows? It's uh, who knows what's going to happen. There are a number of players, Jamie, that Wrexham fans mention with hushed tones: Thomas, Jones, Bennett, Mullin, McNeil, Griffiths, Conley. Do you think the name Luke Young will enter that exclusive club at some point in the future? Uh, in some, in some contexts, some contexts possibly. Um, but at the, you know, at the moment, this, this, you know, despite, um, despite how crucial uh, a, a cog in the machine he is and has been, um, you, you know. Whether he would be up there in that conversation with some of those greats that you mentioned, um, I I I don't know. I think at the very least he you know he he's a he's a notable mention, isn't he? Um, I think he's done more than enough to be a, a notable a notable mention so far. Um, and at the end of the day, he, he will for he you know he'll he'll forever be, um, you know, 
uh, the, the one of the squad members and the captain of the team that finally got us out of the of the the doldrums of the the national league. Um, so I, I suppose for, for 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 that reason alone, he probably is going to be right up there in that um, you know in that discussion. <laughs> Time for the chip shop to open and whack the Savaloys on the rack. Jamie is on his own behind the counter this week, and so into the fryer goes Swindon Town. Swindon Town FC were founded by Reverend William Pitt in 1879, first as Swindon AFC, then as the Spartans, before finally becoming Swindon Town in 1883. In 1894, they turned professional and joined the Southern League, and in 1896, they moved into the county ground, where they still play today. They entered the Football League in 1920 as a founding member of the third tier, and Swindon Town have bounced around the second, third and fourth tiers ever since then, narrowly avoiding bankruptcy in the 1990s, and one single season in 1993-94 in the Premiership. Since then, it's pretty much been between League One and League Two. Although there have been a number of highlights, including League One champions 1995-96, League Two champions 1985-86, 2011-12 and 2019-20, and League Cup winners in 1969, beating Arsenal 3-1. Also, Football League trophy runners-up in 2012 and FA Charity Shield runners-up in 1911 versus Manchester United. Last season, the club owned by Australian Clem Mifuni came 10th in League 2 with 16 wins, 13 draws and 17 losses, a goal difference of plus 6 and 61 points. In May, Jody Morris was sacked after only 18 games in charge and ex-Walsall and Newport County boss Michael Flynn was put in charge. Over the summer, Welsh international Johnny Williams was released, along with six other players, while striker Charlie Austin and defender Tom Brewitt signed a one-year contract extension. Signing for Swindon was midfielder Liam Kinsella from Walsall, defender Ukoda Godwin-Malife from Forest Green Rovers, defender Tariq Awakwe from Crew Alexandra and defender Brooklyn Genesini from Bournemouth. Also in on loans are QPR keeper Murphy Mahoney, MK Dons midfielder Dan Kemp, Bradford City forward Jake Young and Burnley defender Ben Ward. Out went defender Ellis Landolo to Colchester United, Rowan Darcy to Crawley Town and Marcel Lavinier to Forest Green Rovers. Wrexham have played Swindon Town 36 times, with 14 wins, 7 draws and 15 losses. The last match was in the second round of the FA Cup, where Wrexham lost 1-0 at home. Swindon have started their season with a 2-2 draw at home to Crew Alexandra and a 2-1 away win to Forest Green Rovers. They are currently in 10th place and are 28-1 to win the league outright, 5-1 to get promoted and 20-1 to get relegated. And the chips are done. Jamie, the season moves on apace and our fifth game in two weeks is upon us. What are you expecting from this game? Um, I'm expecting... And hopefully another good game of football. Like I, like I said before, I, I think I've watched um, you know, I've watched all Wrexham's games so far this season, um, and, and I've I've actually thoroughly enjoyed the football. I think it's been it's been you know it's been far from perfect, but it's been good football. So uh, I, you know, I'm expecting hopefully you know another good game. Um, I think that the 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 problem at the moment is 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 
you know, the way I feel watching Wrexham at the minute is it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit like I said before, we're going to score one more than you kind of scenario. So I'm I'm nervous about our ability to defend and keep goals out, but but I'm you know I'm also optimistic and confident about our ability to score goals at the other end. It's just can we score more than we let in? Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, I think I think um, I think on paper, Swindon potentially are, are, are you know are more of a threat than Walsall were, and you know Walsall were okay. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a couple. Of, from what I know about Swindon and what I looked about Swindon, a very young team generally, with the exception of uh, they've got Charlie Austin up playing up front for them. I didn't realise until today. I mean, my next question, funny enough, was you know Charlie Austin up front for them, ex Swindon Town, Burnley, QPR, Southampton striker. Now he is 34, but someone that you underestimate your peril. Yeah, underestimate him at your peril. Yeah, I mean, you give him a chance. You, you, you know, you, you, you put your put money on him, putting it away. I mean, what what he's not going to give you, hopefully, is you know he's not going to be pacey, is he? Which is like I keep saying, the one thing I'm really fearful about is his pace. So, uh, you know, I expect him to Ollie Palmer to us to to a point to like lead the line. Um, although I I. From what I remember about Charlie Austin, when even when he was younger and you know higher levels, I don't ever remember remember him being necessarily a particularly um, um, adventurous. I'm not expecting a huge threat. So so you know hopefully I think I might come back to bite me on the backside of this one, but <laughs> I'm I'm, ho- I'm, ho- I'm I'm hoping it may be the kind of game that our back three need because I'm hoping that we you know against a Albeit a quality striker because he, he is and was a quality striker, but I think he's going to lack mobility. He's going to lack speed, and I would hope that the three centre backs we've got, assuming it's going to be the three same three that started on Tuesday, will have more than enough to deal with him. So, fingers crossed. Um, you, you know, we can we can keep a clean sheet. That that'd be a, that'd be pretty good. From a Wrexham point of view. I mean, we've talked a lot about players that we've been impressed with, but who do you feel needs to start stepping it up for Wrexham now in these games? I think the, the midfield for me is where I think the biggest um, focus needs to be at the moment. I don't think we've found the midfield balance yet that, that that's right. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we've we've talked a, bit, a little bit before, obviously, about Luke Young and about uh, his contribution so far this season, which has been immense. And for me, he should be in the starting lineup on Saturday. I think he's done more than enough uh, so far this season in his appearances to, to, to warrant a start. Where I think the change needs to be is is, is next to him. So I, I, Elliot Lee's a given. He, you know, he assuming we're sticking with this three five two. I think you know Elliot Lee's given. He, he he's surely the first name on the team sheet at the minute, assuming he's he's fit. Uh, I would say for me, Luke Young needs to be in there, um, and I I would like to see him play with Tom O'Connor. I think if you look at our midfield options at the moment, or our main midfield options that who 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 are fit, you've obviously got uh, uh, excluding Luke Young, you've got Andy Cannon, you've got Tom O'Connor, and you've got um, uh, James Jones. Now, I'm a massive fan of James Jones. The the the, the guy is like an energizer bunny. I've never <laughs> seen anyone with energy levels like him. <clears throat> but and again, I spoke to a few, a few Exxon fans that that have got this opinion. So far this season, he's not been his usual self. He, he, he's 
he's in a very similar mould to me to Luke Young. He's he's the the workhorse engine of a midfield type of player. Yes, he's got quality and he's got moments of he can, he can pick out a pass or a great shot. He can have those moments in a game. But he's not a midfielder that I don't think is going to grab a game by a scruff the scruff of a neck and change the game. He he's your dependable central midfield player, and that's what he you know energy levels chase everything down. That that's what I see in James Jones. But he's not for for what I've seen of him this this year so far. He's not his usual self. He's not he's not there now. Whether that's lack of sharpness, I, I don't think it'll be fitness because like I say the guy's a bloody machine. Um, whether it's it's just a drop in form, I don't know what it is, but but I don't think he's been at his best, and I also don't think that him and Luke Young are right as the midfield too. As you know, they, that's who started on Tuesday, and, and for me, they're too, they're, they're they're too similar. Um, so I, I personally, I would like to see uh, an, an O'Connor and Young midfield, and I'd like to see O'Connor in that holding midfield role and let Luke Young push forward a little bit. Um, I would be really interested to see that combination, and that's what I hope Parky will go go with on on Saturday. So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce Koch. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Swindon Town? Seven six to Wrexham. Um, <laughs> no. Careful, I'll hold you to I'm, that. No, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna say, based on what I've seen this season, part of me wants to say three two to Wrexham. Because I think it could be another one of those stupid games where it's we score one more. But I'm going to say three-one. Uh, I think we've we've got goals in us, uh, even without moles. We've got goals in us as we've proven so far. I think if we can, you know, every game we play, we're getting sharper and we're getting uh, fitter. Um, so I I can see us carrying on the momentum of Tuesday. Um. Uh, and I hope, like I was saying a minute ago, about the the the, the uh, offensive threat that Swindon cannot uh, hopefully won't offer. I think our defence will be able to cope. So I'm 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 gonna say three one, Wrexham. And wafting on the wind from Barry Bados, the voice of Daz. Daz, what's your prediction for Wrexham versus Swindon Town? Right. Well, Swindon games are harder one to predict because at the time of of uh, speaking to you now. Uh, Swindon haven't played yet, so I have no idea on form. Uh, so I am going to go for a uh, plucky one-all draw um, based on nothing other than pure guesswork. All right, chaps. Cheers for now. And I'm predicting Wrexham 2, Swindon Town 2. Swindon are an established League 2 side, and having Mike Flint the helm gives it that little bit of extra spice because we have a lot of history with that guy. I think Wrexham will start strong, but that leaky defence really worries me and I think it will come back to bite us. So, let's wrap those chips to keep them warm. And we'll review the Swindon game in next week's pod. Short and sweet, just like little Jimmy Cranky, we end this week's edition of the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast of one of the greatest Welsh football supporters' flags ever seen. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe and leave a comment. 
You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at TweetMoreChips, Threads, search Eat More Chips Podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so, and if you have anything particularly you'd like us to discuss, please feel free, drop us a line. Proving the fact that Daz is the gobby one, he should be back from Talacra Beach next week, but in the meantime, my thanks always go to Wrexham's answer to Eric Cartman, Jamie. Cheers, bruv. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> I've been international playboy, sex symbol, and the person who writes the script, Wells Techie. <laughs> Don't talk, f- And until next week, come on Cymru, and come on the town.